it was only years later that my mom was like, oh, I used to feel so bad for you when you started racing because you worked so hard and you were so slow. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Obstacles and Opportunities with Lowell and Julie, sharing stories, empowering mindsets. Happy Mother's Day. Lowell and I were both lucky enough to be raised by amazing moms. And today we acknowledge all moms, including women who are moms in their hearts, moms who have lost children, people who have lost moms, and those who have complicated relationships with their moms. And now on to today's episode. Our guest is Olympic cyclist, Catherine Pendrell. She's a new mom and also happens to have an incredible mom. Throughout Catherine's 14 year cycling career, she has won countless world championships and national titles. She's a three-time Olympian who has a bronze medal from the 2016 Rio Olympics, a gold medal from the 2014 Commonwealth Games, and gold and silver medals from the 2007 and 2015 Pan Am Games. Catherine now trains in Kamloops, BC, where she lives with her husband, Keith, and their beautiful baby girl, Dara. She has raced professionally for the Cliff Pro Team, formerly Luna, since 2008, and is actively promoting sport and providing cycling opportunities for the next generation. Catherine has done so much for women in sport. We loved hearing about how she got into cycling, becoming a new mom while being a high-performance professional athlete, and how she learned that being her authentic self is the most important part of competition for her. During this conversation, we talk about Catherine's road to Tokyo 2021. As this episode airs, she is currently in Europe to clinch her spot on the Olympic team. Go, Catherine. We're cheering you on from afar. Hello, hello. Mama plus one. Congratulations. This is Dara. Hi, Dara. I'm so happy to meet her. When was she born? January 26th. Six months exactly from Women's Olympic Mountain Bike Race in Tokyo. Oh, wow. Six months. Yeah. Oh, that's wow. amazing. Wow. Yeah. And then you're doing it. <laughs> we'll see. You're yeah, doing all I, the I things. Did. It's going super well so far, but wow. you know, time will tell. That's awesome. I was telling Lowell, I can't imagine. Like, Well, first, I had no clue what I was doing when I first was born, and I was just tired, and yeah. so I can't imagine then throwing myself into this elite activity but then at, at yeah. the same time, I thought like, oh, because I don't have that. But maybe I'm like, maybe if I did have that passion and skill, it would have been nice to have something else other than just being a mom as an identity, Absolutely, you know? Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. So because I'm professional, my husband's able to take paternity. So oh. it's like, I think it's actually super nice because basically I've gone back to work, yeah. but my work hours are flexible enough. Mm-hmm. She was able to bottle feed too. So it's like oh, nice. we can share sleep, like the awake part of sleeping <laughs> and just trade off training. So it's really busy. And I have a tendency to, to multitask and I have to try and curb down what I fit into a day sometimes. Oh but yeah, I'm sure. It out. Yeah. Well, it's kind of a benefit that your job includes physical activity, which is probably very beneficial for your health post baby. Hey, <laughs> just feeling Absolutely. better. It's kind of funny too, because when Keith or I goes out training and it's like, you know, some there's like how long you spend training, but then there's also the things before and after where the other person is doing the sole childcare. And it's kind of like, if we're getting past four hours, you come back and the other person mm-hmm. is kind of like bug eyed, you know, <laughs> yeah. like it's I'm ready done. to train off now. <laughs> so I think it's like, you actually get to really enjoy both yeah. parts because you're not 
overwhelmed. On call, 100%. Having a newborn that always needs to be in your arms, it can be a bit tiring, right? A bit, yeah. <laughs> That's an understatement, yes. So, yeah, it's nice to be able to, to switch it up. And, and because, like, Keith and I are both brand new to babies. Yeah. We're both figuring this out together, but I feel totally 100% confident with him, with her. So it's like, I can go and I don't need to stress, like, yeah. not being there and... That's so nice. And let me just tell you, it just, from our perspective anyways, it keeps getting better. Just every single stage, I think, since our kids were newborn, I'm like, I've I've loved every stage. And then I've been like, oh, no, 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 this one's better. This one's the best. And then I'm like, no, 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 this one is the best. (laughs) How old are your kids? Eight and nine. Eight and nine. Okay. Two boys. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now she's getting to be... Like she's actually engaging with us and mm. smiling. And yeah. So that's fun. Oh, that's I love a really give fun. back. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it, Lowell, when you feel like you're actually receiving a little bit now too. Like yeah. they're giving back. It's not just giving, yeah, giving. Totally. Yeah. Or like I am actually different than like the ceiling yeah. or whatever <laughs> fascinates them, right? Oh, hello. Uh, hi, sweetie. <laughs> like, may not be happy for a bit. Oh. We're figuring it out. It's all about figuring yeah. it out. So Catherine, this episode is going to be released on Mother's Day. So having this as a reflection, this will be your first Mother's Day. Yeah. At least with baby on the outside. Yes. Yeah. I didn't know I was your mom the last time. Shoot, you couldn't take advantage of her. (laughs) So with that, we wanted to check in on a few things. We share a love of sport. We're both with Cycling Canada. We are even doing the Zwift Canada ride on the same week and super fun to see all your news and and this big push. And it's been really amazing to see your journey to Tokyo. We want to talk about cycling and your journey through that, through motherhood, but also want to just get a reflection on your relationship with your mother and now your relationship as a new mother and to really have that be the theme of today and kind of that mindset. Yeah, the mindset of a mom, of a daughter, Mm -hmm. and also as an athlete, as an Olympian. Also killing it in sport. Yeah, Yeah, that should be interesting. I think my racing is way more stressful to my mom than to me. So I guess I get to figure out what that's like. You get to figure it out. So (laughs) what is your relationship with your mom? How has she influenced your life? My mom has always been a great example of independence. I grew up in rural New Brunswick and I was, I think, the only kid that had a mom that kept her maiden name. Oh, wow. Very progressive. Yeah, she was very progressive and, and just like, yeah, so of course I did. And Oh, cool. She was a, a horsewoman, so I got my entry into sport through her. When she was on maternity, actually, she bred horses and held horse camps and oh, cool and I think it was really my the work ethic that I got from having a horse that I didn't realize I was kind of training or doing something athletic mm. I was just putting in the work that had to get done because if you had a horse you had to put in the work every day yeah, yeah. which saddle is more comfortable a horse saddle or a bike saddle uh probably a horse saddle <laughs> <laughs> but the bike poops less so yeah that's a bonus yeah. <laughs> the transition was when I went to university I was like well a bike is going to be way easier to, to take <laughs> with me to university than a horse ever would be I was going to say uh cheaper maintenance too but is it I don't know being uh, living at this yeah. these high-end yeah. bikes you don't need to feed pay it. board monthly for <laughs> oh yeah for a bike I guess so, or feed it <laughs> so your mom yeah. taught you a lot about independence uh, working hard so what else did you learn from your mom about mindset those kind of lead by example things there's work that has to get done and like 
you know, when I was younger, she said, well, if you want to have a pony, you have to do the, the work that mm. comes with having a ponies. Yeah. Yeah, definitely the responsibility part. And I think my parents were also just really great sport parents and that they never put pressure on us to perform. Like they're just kind of like, oh, just do it for fun. And like, we think it's awesome. And we'll come out and cheer and stand in the feed zone. And <laughs> it was only years later that my mom was like, Oh, I used to feel so bad for you when you started racing because you worked so hard and you were so slow. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mom, for both supporting me and for not telling me that. At the time. <laughs> you may have to check in with your mom again when Dara starts with sports. So you can be like, mom, how should yeah. I act here? What, how, what did you do? Yeah. Does Dara have red in her hair? Is it reddish or she is that does. just a screen? Yeah. Oh, so yeah. cute. from... I think mostly from her dad's side of the family, but I was I was a strawberry blonde as a baby too. Yeah. So. Has motherhood been what you expected so far? Um, I think so a little bit. Like I guess I I read some books trying to be as prepared as I could. And the first time you're reading that they eat every one to two hours, and basically it's like eat. And eating is part of that one to two hours. So you may only sleep an hour. And that was as an athlete, or I think probably for any prospective parent, that was a little overwhelming. Just like, oh my goodness, how am I going to survive? Yeah. <laughs> and definitely the first week when you're kind of recovering and trying to get on top of stuff and figuring it all out, it's, it's definitely is really overwhelming. But mm -hmm. I think because her and Keith, my husband, we're able to share things so equally yeah. it, it's meant that we get to sleep a lot so it hasn't felt overwhelming which is really nice mm -hmm. because we've been able to share the load and kind of never have to do anything alone or unsupported for more than a couple hours right That's so, so nice is your husband going to take a full year of paternity leave then he's going to take my race season okay that's so nice yeah. so aren't you glad to live in canada during a time like yeah this? totally <laughs> so yeah i know because yeah, if you're in the U.S., it'd be like six weeks, oh, time to go back. And I, just, I mean, I did start training within six weeks, but that also just feels like getting back to being a healthy, balanced lifestyle yeah. rather than, you know, all baby or all bike. And, mm -hmm. and you didn't have so. to hand Dara off to a stranger for childcare. Childcare, exactly. Yeah. yeah, especially during COVID, which would have just been a nightmare, even more overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. So did you have a healthy birth and delivery then? Yeah, I did. So we actually had a C-section, but I think it ended up being the best case scenario because she's healthy and her heart rate was going down when I'd have contractions. So I was only three centimeters dilated when we went to a C-section. So I had an uncomplicated C-section and I didn't have the trauma from like damage to my pelvic floor or tearing, which would be very difficult for a cyclist. Yeah. <laughs> you read the internet about C-sections and you're scared about what the recovery is going to be like, but it was really good for me. So mm. I feel quite fortunate. That's awesome. I didn't read the stuff about recovery. People who I had talked to, their C-section recovery was fine. And yep. our second son, he was a C-section and the okay. recovery was fine. It was after that, I started hearing all the horror stories. I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm so glad I didn't hear those before. Right. Well, it's like <laughs> they tell you, and don't drive a car for six weeks. And you're like, what? I know. And don't, you can't pick up <laughs> anything my, other than my the baby. OB she was like, uh, can you shoulder check? Then you're, you're going to be fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. 
Yeah, it's yeah. a motherhood is just a whole different ball of wax, eh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'm glad you can trade off sleeping and everything with your husband. Yes. Do you fall back asleep okay after you feed her? I do. Yeah. That's like, you're just so exhausted. <laughs> we have to set aside time for sleep. So it's like when we put her down at like, well, we try sometime between eight and nine. It's like we go to bed then too. Because if we don't set aside the time for sleep, then it's not going to happen. And we're, you know, athletes, we're, our bedtime wasn't that much later anyway. Yeah. So, <laughs> but I think that helps a lot too. Is your husband a cyclist as well? He is for passion, but he's a math and physics teacher. So that's what he's on leave from. But he's also, he coaches me. He coaches our top male mountain biker qualify for Tokyo. Oh, And cool. two other of the top five female mountain bikers in Canada. So yeah, he's, he's got other things on his plate too. <laughs> wow. So does that mean your whole little family is going to Tokyo? Well, probably not. If it wasn't COVID, COVID yeah. we would try first. I have to get there, Yeah, but she'll be six months by then. And so I think we'll probably be okay to have them stay here just because I mean, going to the Olympics at the best of times mm-hmm. is really difficult to see family. Yeah. And in COVID and, and the bubbles that are going to have to happen, mm-hmm. I think it's just going to be too much. But she'll she'll come with me to qualifiers, yeah. presuming her passport arrives in time. Oh, geez. <laughs> Hopefully. So when are your qualifiers? When will you know for sure? I've got a fun FTP test tomorrow. Um, oh. So that's for people that don't know, that's <laughs> functional threshold power. And so basically seeing kind of the power that I can sustain and as a performance readiness marker. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is that a 20 minute FTP that you do or what? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So we'll do that five minute maximal five minutes rest and then 20 minutes best effort. So those are always fun as I'm sure, you know, <laughs> a, a type two fun. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's a different kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You like it in that kind of like weird athlete way. (laughs) Or like after the fact. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's satisfaction if it goes well. Yeah. Yeah, That's true. Yeah. Kind of just give us a a starting point. But then the first World Cups of the year are um, May 8th and then the following weekend. And so uh, yesterday, (laughs) when When this this podcast airs, airs, it'll be yesterday. So hopefully hopefully we know that. (laughs) So so yeah, I'm in Europe. (laughs) The plan is to have raced my first World Cup by this date, I guess. Awesome. And then uh, those are the last two Olympic qualifiers. So, I mean, right now I already have a a fifth at a World Cup to qualify me. Uh, So I'm currently the second qualified rider and we get to take two to Tokyo. So it's it's possible I could get bumped if somebody does a top five. Okay. We'll see how things go. And for myself, I want to go to Tokyo if I'm able to get back to that high performance level. And if I'm not top two in Canada, I don't I don't want to be taking a spot just because I qualified based on previous results. If I can be there or I know based on how much I've improved by May, that with another month that mm-hmm. for sure I'm gonna have a pretty good trajectory in my performance increase. So yeah kind of waiting to see what I can do. The waiting game. So who are your teammates slash at this point kind of competitors <laughs> and they, right yeah, now? So uh, Haley Smith is the top qualified. She has a third from a world cup in 2019. Then I have a fifth from 2019. And Emily Batty has a ninth from then as well. So those are all results that put us in the selection pool, potentially a new rider. It's there's been a year mm. off racing. So somebody new could the wild come card. and be yeah. able to do a top 12 and, and put themselves in the running. Everyone will kind of have to show some sort of maintenance of a performance level going in, but wow. we've all been through a weird time. Mm. Um, yeah. just the lack of racing in the last year. So it'll wow. just be fun to get back to it and mm-hmm. no kidding. reset that competitive 
dry. Yeah. yeah. This morning, in your honor, I searched you on YouTube and oh, yeah. watched oh. you. <laughs> and I also did a baby on board workout on Zwift. <laughs> Oh, yeah, good. Yeah, they're pretty fun. Yeah, they are. Um, But one of the videos I watched was you at the 2016 Rio Olympics. And that's when you got a bronze medal, right? Yeah. And Emily was right behind you. Yeah. Okay. I, you gals are amazing that in that connection that you have where you can be bonded teammates, but then also fierce competitors, I don't think my heart could handle that. So (laughs) did that take training mentally for you to get to that point? Or is it just kind of natural with your competitive spirit? I think it's it's pretty natural. Like it's really hard if you're, um, because I've had that situation a lot on my professional team as well. The challenge of like, if you're Canada, if you're on the cliff team, it's like, your teammates are some of the best in the world and it can be hard for sure when it goes down to the line like that yeah but what actually happened in that race is I had a 25 second gap and then I crashed coming off of a jump in like uh, like oh you like physically actually crashed to go so it's like it wasn't caught on camera but it like it it just came down to like the gap and uh so it made it way more dramatic of a finish no kidding wow oh no that's stressful you guys know if you work that hard to get there that you're gonna give everything till you (laughs) feel the the pain later (laughs) (laughs) oh man you find new places of depth to try to get to that oh exactly yeah uh it's always funny to see your heart rate profile when you do have a finish like that where you're like whoa I dug deep for that oh man so how common is it to crash in competition is that a regular occurrence (laughs) for me yeah Um, yeah, no I (laughs) there I go through phases where it's like I'll get like distracted or something it's like I get distracted and it seems like I'm on the ground in a hurry (laughs) So don't think about getting an Olympic medal before you've gone into the line. (laughs) You lay down, but typically you don't have bad crashes. They can happen, but typically it's, it's just like you slide out. There's a lot going on. Conditions change and, or you do have that moment of inattention or you're tired and your body position changes and it's muddy. And um, yeah, I mean, you can, you can definitely lay it down, but uh, typically keep pretty upright. Yeah, that's good. How long is a typical course and how long does it take you to complete it? Typically races for men and women are an hour and a half. So it's kind of within plus or minus 10 minutes. I think it's usually about like 25 to 30 K. It depends totally on the train with mountain biking. And so they'll design a circuit and then based on how long one lap takes, then they'll determine how many laps you have. So typically we're ending up doing like five to six laps. And then the men would do like seven laps in the same time. Mm, wow. And you're yeah. doing circuits, right? You're actually round and round on the same course. You, you got to climb, exactly. you got to go yeah. down. and Yeah. So we are definitely like, we're doing steep climbs up and rock gardens down. And Do you prefer the climbs or the downs? I think the downs are definitely more fun, but the climbs are where you can be more strategic and usually get an advantage. So they're very useful. You don't love them at the time, but you mm. love what you can do with them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm scared of the downs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, definitely when I started, cause I was about 16 when I started and there was things that I, I'll see it now that I used to walk when I started. I'm like, I really, I had to walk that. Like that seems scary, oh. but it's something that just with, I mean, the amount of hours and years you've spent biking, it gets 
way easier but definitely every world cup there's some pretty intimidating stuff on there mm-hmm. and uh yeah. it takes a little bit to work up your courage to do yeah. it sometimes so your brother first took you at 16 my brother first took me at 16 you are now an olympian I went over the handlebars and broke my thumb and didn't touch a mountain bike for 21 years, i.e. this last <laughs> fall. That was the first time I went mountain biking again since then. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow, so, good for it, getting back at it. It's because I have the kids that they really want to. So it's, you know, yeah. one of those positives of having kids is you kind of use it as an excuse to get into different get back activities. into it. I know that's how I figure out. I'm like, when she starts downhill skiing, that's when I'm going to get good at it. That's what we did too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's perfect. Learned at that point. <laughs> When you're in the hurt locker, when you're in that red line and things are just pushing really hard, what's inside the mind of Catherine Pendrel? Like what, what do you think? What do you say to yourself? What's let us kind of the insight inside. It's not deep thoughts. It's just like, you can give more, you've got more. It's, and when I started training, I did a lot, not based on power or heart rate, but just on best effort. And, and always just, do you have more to give right now? And just if you do then just go harder right and I think that that's kind of just the way it is in racing and I think it's almost when your brain gets involved too much that you start going slower because you can actually think about how it hurts or Mm -hmm. or how much you want to give but you just kind of be so ready before the race to give it everything that you're you're not debating how much you're ready wanting to give when you're in there Mm -hmm. yeah So going back to cycling after having a baby is probably similar to going back to cycling after an injury. (laughs) How many bones have you broken? I've broken four. One was a thumb. Oh! (laughs) Uh, Yeah. But when when I broke my thumb, they had electronic shifting, so I could just keep going. Oh, wow. (laughs) But yeah, actually, it is similar in that you do have to take some time off and time away and you have to be progressive in your return to training and to building up your confidence and just rebuilding. And I think it did help me because not every day in pregnancy is a smooth ride, Mm -hmm. but having that perspective from injury of doing the best you can on that day. And it's not going to be necessarily as, as good as the best that you've done other days, but it's the best you can do that day. And that's all you can ask for. Mm -hmm it puts you in a pretty healthy perspective to make the most out of what you can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you feel like it's an equally mental and physical challenge or is one side more challenging than the other? I've been racing at a professional level for 14 years. And to be perfectly honest, I was getting a bit burnt out on high performance sport and needing to step back at some point. I had planned to retire after the Olympics so for me, it's kind of a refreshing perspective to, to be a mom and to come back to like, it's okay to just go out there and do your best. And you hope that your best is really good. But if it's not, then you're still doing your best. And I think that's a really nice mindset to be in at this point in my career, to be able to just enjoy progress for the sake of progress and enjoy doing my sport to the the best that I can. Yeah. Maybe it'll be as, as good as it's ever been. And maybe I'll be a little bit behind, but that's okay. You know, yeah. just doing my best. So that part at this point in time, uh, I think it's good. And physically, yeah, I mean, definitely the biggest challenges with pregnancy, I think are, are physical, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's also really interesting too, because when you, you've been at a high level in sport for so long, you don't get to experience massive gains typically it's mm-hmm. you're just looking for one percent all the time yeah. and now it's like i'm looking for 10 percent this week. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So it's been kind of cool to do that first ride outside where you're like, ooh, hills feel harder than they used to. Yeah. Yeah. And then a week or two later, you're like, okay, wow, like I'm starting to fire. This is, this is feeling good. Yeah. What have you learned about yourself in 14 years of pro racing? You've been racing so much of your life. What's the authentic version of you showing up to a race? Do you get mm-hmm. caught up in other people's energy and being how they want you to be? What What is the authentic Catherine? Yeah, for me, it's if I'm having fun, then I'm going to go fast. Mm-hmm. And it's the times when I've gone in too serious, which I'd say was 2012 Olympics when I thought about, I felt like because I was a top two rider there, I should have been mm-hmm. based on the previous several years. I felt like I had to be a certain type of athlete to be a medalist. And that actually derailed me because rather than being the athlete that had gotten me to that point consistently, I became more serious. I, I was wanting to be perfect in, in so many aspects of my riding that I just, it wasn't fun anymore. I was super stressed out mm-hmm. and I really underperformed for myself. So that was an unfortunate wake up call, unfortunate timing, but um, mm-hmm. it got me back to just going out there doing my best. And you have to be willing to risk not performing well to perform well and just kind of put yourself out there. So yeah, for me, if me showing up at a bike race, I'm smiling, I'm chatty because bike racing is fun. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You make it look fun. <laughs> <laughs> and on behalf of all women and girls, thank you for what you do for women in sport and girls oh, in sport. Thanks. So you were on the first professional women's cycling team or how Not did that the work? first one, but oh, okay. the Cliff Pro team was founded. It was, it used to be called Luna, which was Cliff's women's nutrition line. And the owner of Clipper was watching his daughter play and he's like, I want role models for my daughter to look up to. And he loves sports. He loved biking. So he created this Luna team, which became Cliff. And so it was to give women opportunities to be paid similar to men in the sport and just to create more jobs for women and then to create them as equal opportunities with all the support and the the right equipment and the salaries that men were getting. So it was a team that when I was coming up, I was like, I want to be on that team. Yeah. And, um, I've been on that team for going into 14 years. The team itself has existed for 20 years and it's been pretty much the same staff the entire time. So it's pretty oh, amazing. That's awesome. And how has the progress been as far as males versus female and salary for professionals? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where people keep their salaries very close Secret. to their chest would yeah. be the expression maybe. And so I don't actually know. I think definitely in mountain bike, I think it's the most equitable of the cycling disciplines. But I know if I was a male with my resume, I would make more money than I than I do. I think I've been paid fairly, but by sports standards, some people can become rock stars. Yeah. Um, So we're still not there yet. We have, we have room to grow. We definitely can improve. And if you pop out a baby and then still do it, I think that should jack up the, uh, the old salary. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm pretty happy just because like with my team, I do get a maternity clause. So there was that recognition that you will be out of competition while you're pregnant and, and that postpartum period until you can get back. So I wouldn't necessarily have to be racing in May, but I kind of want to because yeah. Yeah. I'm an athlete. That's you're, yeah. you're wired that way. Yeah, absolutely. It's spring. It's yeah. time to race. Time yeah. to go to Europe. Yeah. And this year in Tokyo, they're stated that it will be the most equal men to female spots. Is that what yes. you've heard? Yeah. So for the first time ever for mountain biking, men and women have the same start position. So we'll both have 40, whereas in the past, 
I believe women, we had 32 spots and the men had 40. So that doesn't earn Canada any more spots, but it does mean that more nations can be represented, which is, yeah, yeah pretty, pretty exciting and a long, a long time coming. Yeah. I wonder how many other mountain bike athletes like yourself have given birth recently in the uh, Olympic field. Yeah. At, at, <laughs> at my level, I think none. <laughs> there is uh, one of the women competing for Germany, Elizabeth Brandau. She's got two kids. Okay. They're a bit older now, but she took a break and came back. One of the most legendary women, Gunrita Dali from Norway, she came back after having a child and a couple of years later, she was winning World Cups again. So yeah, there's definitely been examples in mountain biking for sure of uh, women coming back that have children. Mm -hmm. And definitely it's been interesting because since I shared my pregnancy, the amount of pro women that have reached out to me and been like, ah. Kind of wish, kind of wish I had done that. (laughs) (laughs) Because I've shared quite a bit of my training and wrote blogs on my different trimesters. And there's not a lot of information out there on how much can you train when you're pregnant? And like, what does that look like? And a lot of people are fearful because people will comment on what you do. um, You know, whether they have any medical knowledge or not of whether it's safe to train while pregnant. Yeah, I think a lot of sports women are really happy to see examples of women being able to stay really active after having a child because it makes it seem less intimidating. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're like, you know, I'm 40, right? Yeah. And at Cliff Bar, there's there's four of us that actually got pregnant during the pandemic, and <laughs> a lot of us are similar in age. As a sportswoman, you put off having children until you're okay with it in your sport career timeline, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah never really seems to be a great time. So from what you've learned during this last 12 months, this journey you've been on, what would you tell other female athletes who are trying to balance this athlete and new mom piece? Try and work it so that your partner can have time off with you. First of all, live in Canada. Um, And second of all, being a parent is is way more fun if you can share it with someone. And, you know, I, recognize that's not everyone's reality and not every country has similar maternity and paternity mm-hmm. but definitely staying active during my pregnancy I think made my pregnancy really good like my body stayed feeling really good throughout mm. again that's a little bit of fortune and how things went for my body and my pregnancy mm-hmm. and postpartum too having a baby is is really amazing but it's also not holding a baby 24 hours a day and being able to get out and take some time for yourself to do something that makes you feel healthy, to give your mind some variety goes a long way to really being able to enjoy parenthood. Yeah. Yeah. And fresh air (laughs) that helps. Don't be afraid of it. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be afraid. I have strategies. Go to bed early. Yeah. Have good support. <laughs> now I'm hoping for you that motherhood maybe will be your superpower going to the yeah. Olympics because especially having a daughter, you can be like, I'm going to show my daughter what I can do even as a mom. Totally. Yeah, totally. As, she's like fully out. She's oh, very yeah. excited about this conversation. It's riveting. I can tell her what I did in a year or two. <laughs> well, that's a good, a good thing. What messages do you want her to learn about womanhood, about life. Yeah, I think I want her to think that there's no obstacles to her doing whatever she wants to do. And I guess getting back to a lot of kind of what my mom, the messages that I got as a little girl where where it's like, like what we wanted to do. My brother said he wanted to be a firefighter and he's my older brother. So I'm like, I want to be a firefighter too. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you can't be a firefighter. You're a girl. And my mom had like corrected him and like, oh, <laughs> that I could be a firefighter. So 
I grew up not feeling like anything was off limits. And, awesome. and I, I guess that's what I want her to, to feel too. It's like, nothing's off limits, whatever you want to do. Like mm-hmm. if you work hard, you can, you can go after it and you can do it. And what do you think we need to do in the sport field to increase opportunities for girls and women? I think definitely a lot of girls drop out of sports when they're preteens. So I think it's creating opportunities just for girls to get out and recognizing that what might draw young girls or keep young girls in sport may be different from what keeps young boys in sport. So having both the social outlets, but also having the competitive outlets for girls, because not all little girls are the same, right? And Mm -hmm. so I think just the more opportunities there are to compete and make sport fun and appeal to their different interests is going to be great. A friend of mine, Sandra Walter, she just started a girls ride club and it's selling out. And I can see that in in Camloops too, where you can't have enough bike programs for kids right now. So um, we actually started a kids league in town here. So it's been really fun to to see that grow. And Mm -hmm. I definitely see when I'm home more in the summer, being able to do a lot more and and hopefully do some girl specific stuff. It feels like a bit of resurgence for bicycles right now. I mean, like every bike shop is sold out and people are out and excited and see all these releases of new bike lanes and bike parks and bike paths. Yeah. Cycling Canada is releasing this hop on Canada. Yeah. Furthering the development of youth cycling. It's really exciting times for cycling right now. It is. Yeah. Yeah. The cycling, we have been kind of a bit behind the eight ball on those development programs and the grassroots programs. And now there's just, I think everybody has a bike after the pandemic because just recognizing the value of of outdoor activity and Mm -hmm. hopefully a lot of kids discovered the freedom that a bicycle offers. Yeah. Have you tried other styles of cycling? And do you like them? <laughs> yeah, I've done, like, I've done a bit of cyclocross. I could say I've raced a downhill, but it was like back in the day where I got away with racing it on my cross country bike. <laughs> <laughs> For training, I do road cycling and okay. cyclocross. Been the track once. Oh, that's, yeah. that's I was, challenging. I was told by my coach I was hazardous. <laughs> <laughs> And that's why it's only been once. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have you tried tandem cycling before? Oh, maybe as a kid and it's oh. kind of scary. <laughs> yeah, <me too. laughs> that's what Lowell does tandem on a track, which I'm like, oh, and wow. they go very, okay. very fast. He with, is... with Ed Beal? Yeah. Ed Beal. And they just, well, it feels like just, but I guess it was at the beginning of the pandemic. So just right pre-pandemic in January of 2020, yeah. they beat the national record for what distance for the kilo for the kilo on the track yeah Yeah. oh amazing so awesome yeah they go fast last year at this time right the year into the pandemic everything was up in the air the canadian olympic and paralympic committees took a really bold step and said if it's not safe for athletes we're not going to go we're the first country to do that and it was a bold move which of course was the right move yeah we had a conversation with marnie mcbean the chef de mission for tokyo and she said that it was so important to her right from the beginning to have clear communication with the athletes and she knew that they just need to know, like, is it happening or is it not? Because if it might happen, then you still have to train as though it would happen. You're just keeping in limbo. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's funny now to think that it was even a question point, right? But yeah. I think we're all caught off guard in March of just how long this yeah. is going to be. Oh, yeah. Like I was just thinking about that today, last March, thinking about, okay, two weeks, everyone's going to take two weeks off. Like, we can do some fun things. We can, you know, make a little vacay out of this, have some movie popcorn nights, and then we'll mostly be back to normal. Like, who would have yeah. predicted that yeah. over a year later? We're still in it. <laughs> so were you able to do any racing 
No, I was actually, I had to fly home quickly from a race <laughs> um, as the borders, like uh, I got to the U.S. on a Wednesday for my first mountain bike race of the year in California. And then two days later, there was a national state of emergency and they were talking about border closures. Oh, and I was like, yeah. I have to get home. <laughs> I did one short track race, which is a 20 minute mass start race that we do uh, two days one or two days prior to our cross-country events typically. So that's the only race I did in 2020. So my last race was actually at the Tokyo Olympic course in October of 2019, my wow. last cross-country. Could you like those mass starts because they stress me out just watching them? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they they're definitely get a little hairy, a little dicey sometimes, but uh, it's, it's all part of it. <laughs> it's all part of it. Learning to navigate. Right. Yeah. Bike control. Very opposite of a triathlete, right? Yeah. <laughs> Just... That's actually how I met my husband and oh. the national team coach who coached me for most of my career. Through triathlon? Yep. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. I had moved to BC from New Brunswick and I was like, oh, I need like a way to, to keep in shape, but also to like be able to socialize and meet people. And so I joined the triathlon club and it worked out well. It worked out very <laughs> wow. well. So is your husband yeah. from BC then? He is. Yeah, okay. Amazing. I have a little bit of a game for you. <laughs> the word bird, going back to Fred Penner. And do you remember Fred Penner? I do. Okay. I don't remember the word bird, though. Yeah. So he would... Oh, do do? He just had this. So the word bird would do a little bit of a... Like a really obviously fake parrot thing. Well, well here we go. I'll yeah. just, Lowell, I'll, Lowell has the sound. I'll play the word bird from you for, from word See if bird. it jogs any memories. <laughs> word bird. Okay, partner, send down the word. Hup, hup. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Uh, <laughs> oh, see what the word is today? See what the word is today. <laughs> and then the word bird would drop down a word, and then he would describe it. So what I want to do is just give you a couple words, and how do you reflect back on this word, or maybe the term bird, if there's a term? What do these words or terms mean to you? So first one, self-belief or confidence. What does that mean to Catherine? I feel like it's more of a feeling for me. And it's definitely something that I think is incredibly important for my career. And something that you have to continually work on throughout your career because self-belief is not is not static. But yeah, hugely important for what we do. How about ambition? Ambition. Is that hunger and drive for something more? Yeah. Always more, right? Pushing. Yeah. <laughs> Reaching. How far can I go? Along that line, expectation expectation well there's your own expectations and then the expectations of others and then your perceived yeah. expectations of others i think a lot of what can derail or set an athlete going in the right direction is, is the expectations we have of ourselves i like to have high expectations for myself but also learn to be gentle in achieving them oh beautiful well said authenticity authenticity is something i really value it's what i try to be as an athlete and it's i think being true to yourself Sleep. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's what? hilarious. That's cute. <laughs> what, what does sleep mean to Catherine Pendrel? What is it sleep worth is right what now? what my baby is currently doing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it's important. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Wish you had more yeah. of it. Hey. <laughs> the number one performance enhancement is sleep. And it's the one thing you'd... Absolutely. That's the hardest thing about the postpartum period. It's like your body needs to recover. Yeah. But sleep is what you absolutely don't get. And it's just like... How am I going to recover? <laughs> That's a funny kind of survival thing, isn't it? It seems opposite. Yeah. There's a lot of things about, I feel about like pregnancy that just seem counterintuitive. It's like when you need to be eating nutritious food, why do you get 
nausea and vomiting, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's, there's things that just don't make sense from an evolution point. Yeah, I know. It's, it's kind of funny that we just keep increasing the population of the earth. Like When you're in that first trimester, you're like, okay, this got to get better because or else there wouldn't be so many people. <laughs> I, know, I, know. I do wonder if possibly some of these, like when we get sick, we need other people. When we're having babies, we need community. So at some level... Maybe there is a sense of when we can do it together. We're not meant to do this journey alone, right? To have a supportive family community around you takes a village to raise a child. And what we've done so much is is kind of moved off in Western world, independence and isolated, and we struggle. So what's community been like for you? Well, it's COVID too, so that's unfortunate. It's been a fragmented kind of community, but it actually feels really strong and I don't feel super disconnected. I think a big part of that is where we live and which is my community, I guess, is mm-hmm. on our street. It's that's how we've maintained socialization through the pandemic is going for dog walks and just I see my neighbors mm-hmm. every day and they're really friendly and it's like that's mm-hmm. where a socially acceptable place to socialize yeah. with people <laughs> out on the trail and living somewhere where you feel connected to the people around you and mm-hmm. and yeah just the ways that communities have been able to broaden in the past year because there were times where I would be doing a group ride on Zwift with people that I would typically not be able to do a ride with because we're different ability level or different time zones or yeah. but you can meet up on these platforms and more zoom connections that just makes things a little bit easier to get together in in some ways. So yeah, there's been some really nice communities, the communities that's arisen because all of a sudden I'm part of a mom club and I get things that I didn't get before. And I have way more questions about things that I wasn't (laughs) curious about before. So the connection that I've made with other moms or soon to be moms has been really special. Mm -hmm. My one piece of advice is when they get old enough to communicate, on Mother's Day, have them fill out or have your husband or someone fill out one of those Mother's Day questionnaires where they ask questions, like how old they think their mom is and what what they think they do for a living. The, The answers are so funny. Our youngest son, two years ago in kindergarten, he said, my mom, so me, I like to wear long black tight dresses and I'm good at entertaining. The things you didn't know about yourself. I I know. The funny thing is I wear sweats like 98% of the time. So maybe he just wants me to wear dresses more. I'm not sure. Anyways, make sure she fills those out. It was really comfortable when you did, apparently. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) Didn't know they were that tight, but whatever. (laughs) The joys of parenthood. Yeah, as we reflect back on Mother's Day, we reflect on this sense of we want to share time with family and appreciate family. And so we want to make sure that people around, anyone who's listening to this, like talk to your mom, get out there, say thanks. What would you want to say to your daughter as you reflect back at this, your first Mother's Day? Oh, don't make me cry. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I'm still new to being a mom, but I guess it's cool to have the opportunity to be her mom and to to experience all of what that means now and what it will mean in the future. And yeah, yeah she's pretty sweet and we're enjoying having her. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, have patience with me. I'm trying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a little more sleep, please. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Looking forward to when she can talk and tell me what she needs rather oh. than trying to guess. <laughs> mm-hmm. We've talked yeah. a lot about obstacles, the obstacle of having a baby as you train for the Olympics obstacles of trying to get through sport as being a female and trying to kind of make your way 
as we reflect back on your life, our podcast is called Obstacles and Opportunities, and we want to see how we're learning from those obstacles. And I think, is there well, something else? Well, like that, that phrase, I try not to see things as obstacles. I try and see them as opportunities. And being a mom is perhaps more challenging, but it's not necessarily an obstacle. It's, it's an opportunity to mm-hmm. learn something new, to challenge myself in a new way. That's always the way that I try and phrase things. So I like the combination of those two words in your title, because I think it's a mindset. If you see something as an obstacle, then it'll block your path. But if you see it as an opportunity to learn and grow and become better, stronger in some way, then you're going to move forward. Is there a time in your life that that really stands out? What's been the biggest obstacle or the potential obstacle that you turned into an opportunity in your life? The hardest thing that I've had to deal with, like I've had injuries and those are hard, those are challenging, but the hardest thing to to move forward from was being so disappointed after the 2012 Olympics and, mm-hmm. and feeling that I failed and such a big blow to my confidence and losing confidence became an obstacle for me until I was able to take a chance and decide that I wanted to give myself the opportunity to be the best racer I could be again, rather than not giving myself that opportunity because I might fail. So kind of changing that fear and that failure of confidence into an opportunity to maybe do something really good. Being able to actually put words to what I was feeling in my head was very pivotal. And and so I think that's definitely what made the difference between the 2012 Olympics and the 2016 Olympics and making them be successful because that race had so many things go wrong in it in 2016, but it was still an amazing race. And it's because everything that went wrong, it wasn't an obstacle. It was just, okay, things just got a little bit harder, but we can do this. And you did. Yeah. So yeah. It just reinforced how important mindset is in racing and in life. Amazing. Thank you for sharing the mindset of an elite racer, a champion. You have done amazing things, and we are really looking forward to seeing what you do this season. It's going to be exciting to watch. Thanks. Yeah, Yeah, it's going to be great to cheer on all the other Canadians as we go after Tokyo and see what happens. Hopefully, this is a summer that we get to celebrate. Yeah. So we want to respect your time, especially since Dara's sleeping. (laughs) You should be sleeping also. (laughs) You talked about how her mom influenced her, but we didn't ask her what she would want to say to her mom. So do you have a message for your mom on Mother's Day? Yeah, I just say thanks. Wish she was always such a a great role model and gave me the confidence and the foundation to be able to do what I've been able to do with my life and enjoy it. And still she's just as supportive of a mom and, and wants to be at as many bike races Aww. as possible. Pretty fortunate to grow up with her as, as my mom. Oh, she set you off on the right path. Hey, for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Catherine. You're a busy lady, elite athlete, new mom, and we feel very honored that you took the time to talk to us today. So thank you very much. Thanks, guys. <laughs> I'll be training soon. Absolutely. Yeah, though, that'd be awesome. Try to take a socially distant selfie, okay? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> He'll do that. I give him these challenges sometimes, like he, when he had a... Uh, an appointment with the urologist to for a vasectomy uh, consult I won't air that just just for this is for your ears (laughs) or maybe I will who knows how spicy I'm feeling that day I'm editing anyways someone else told us how much the urologist looked like Lowell and so I just I just needed to see so I'm like can you just get a selfie with him like just somehow during your vasectomy appointment if you could yeah just slip that in there (laughs) and he did he delivered he sent me a selfie I'm like oh yeah you guys you guys still look pretty similar
Okay, so this is good to know. I'll be cruising Penticton and then this guy will flying by. If there's, yeah, if you see a guy on the back of a tandem who's like yelling at you for a selfie, you'll know who it is. <laughs> awesome. Well, nice meeting you guys. Yeah, yeah you, well. you too. Hope you have a good night. Lots of sleep. Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> we've gotten some three and a half to four hour segments out of her now. So. Oh, good. Yeah. When you give her a bottle, is it formula? No. Oh, it's not. No, okay. I'm- yeah, so that makes another like thing yeah. around training is like, okay, okay, I have to pump before I go out. <laughs> so I'm constantly 10 to 20 minutes late now. But <laughs> when our youngest was still nursing, my twin sister and I went to Vegas to see Celine Dion <laughs> for our birthday. And we were both breastfeeding at the time, but we didn't have our babies with us. So we were pumping and dumping in Vegas. And it was yeah. so sad though, watch like dumping that yeah. liquid gold down the drain. I know. Because we had to, because like our boobs hurt so bad. <laughs> I, know. Yeah, I know like whenever Keith will be like I'm like you're not gonna dump out that little bit that's left in the bottle are you <laughs> that was like work yeah, yeah and, and then so <laughs> sorry real tangents but like yeah for Tokyo that's something I'm thinking about too is trying to put some in the freezer for later and yeah well thanks again oh thanks. I shouldn't oh, yeah. be too loud yeah. I don't want to wake up Dara yeah that would make me feel bad. Pretty solid sleeper when she <laughs> yeah when she's when she decides to go sleep. But yeah, yeah it's funny because you'll be like, okay, she's asleep, and then you turn off the light, and then be like, Mah! I know. <laughs> <You're> like, uh. <laughs> oh, the joys. <laughs> well, continue to enjoy, and uh, yeah. you know, happy Mother's Day. <laughs> happy Mother's Day. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks, hey, bye. bye. Catherine Penderel. What an amazing woman. Recording it ahead of time. Reflecting on Mother's Day, we got to hear her thoughts on motherhood, her comments towards her mom, towards her daughter. It's really special. Sounds like she has an amazing mom, and I have no doubt that Catherine is an amazing mom for her baby and will continue to be throughout her life. Really enjoyed hearing her mindset towards racing. Her authentic self mm-hmm. is to have fun, and that's really how I race. I, yeah. To you be do. in the moment, to smile. As evidenced by your big grins all the time. That's right. how I roll. I, <laughs> yeah, I love to it. To be in the moment. It doesn't mean that I'm not serious or I'm not there to win. It's just, if it's only pain, if it's only suffering, I don't know if I would do it. It's, mm-hmm. it's also fun. It's enjoying the people I'm with, the scenes, the sights, the smells. Smells? The you're smells. right behind Ed. Yeah, your maybe, face is at his butt. Maybe uh, not the smells. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're going through like a tulip garden. That's true. <laughs> Flanders fields. Yeah. yeah, it's an amazing experience to be able to race and to get caught up in the hype of what others think you should be doing, right? In all mm-hmm. sports, if you, they think you should be serious all the time or if it's all about sacrifice, if it's all about yeah. struggle, if it's all about competing and winning and against other people, you're going to burn out. And some people are wired that way. I think learning what your style is as an athlete and where you thrive is really important. And for Catherine, like myself, it's in the fun. It's in the connection, yeah. the play while we're pushing ourselves to the red line. It's going to be fun as everybody's listening to this. Catherine will have just competed in her World Cup. So check out her results. And yeah, actually, if you check her social media, hopefully she'll post her results there. Her Twitter and Instagram handles are cpendrel. That is C-P-E-N-D-R-E-L. And her website is cpendrel.com. So make sure you're following along this year for Catherine, for all of the fun that's coming up for her. Yeah, she's done so much for women in sport. We recently read that one in three girls quit sport or activity by the time they're 16, as opposed to one in 10 boys. 
So it's so cool and super important that she's a role model and girls and women can look to her and be like, hey, you're 40 and you have a baby and you're still killing it. Mm -hmm. It's awesome, Catherine. Thank you for being a role model for all of us. Absolutely. This is a day we reflect on family. We can't do this journey alone. And so I definitely want to say thanks to my mother. She has been a huge support to me during my struggle of losing my vision and trying to find my space in this world and the encouragement that I get from her. She is a huge fan. She's always there to support and encourage me. One of my favorite things about your mom, Lowell, is that she has very organized books and binders of memories of all you kids and I'm not always as good at keeping those things organized. So I am actually more comfortable sending (laughs) newspaper articles and stuff like that to your mom because I know they're going to get saved. So thanks, Mama T. Mm -hmm. And we also couldn't do this journey without Julie's mom and dad. Thanks to Julie's mom for the amazing support for helping raise our children and allowing me to be able to live this life that I do as an elite athlete. And it's hard to do this without a community, like we spoke about during this episode with Catherine. And Julie's parents have definitely been really hands-on as we live in the same city as them. And we couldn't do this without them. So thanks. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day, Mom. I have the best mom in the world. She is a superhero parent. And I always say that I had the Disneyland of childhoods. I try to emulate you, Mom. But I swear you still have more energy for parenting than I do. (laughs) Love you. To all the mothers out there, mother figures, have a great Mother's Day. And then to the main mother in my life, Julie. Mm, That's me. (laughs) (laughs) Happy Mother's Day to you as well. Definitely could not do this journey without you. You carry that extra mental load. You are an amazing mom. Our boys are so lucky to have you. And one of the most fun things that I see is you getting out on the mountain bike with the boys. (laughs) This passion that Catherine has, but I see that in you playing out there and and just enjoying this time with your boys. So thank you for all the work you do. Happy Mother's Day. Thank you. My pleasure. Thanks for making it fun. (laughs) Being a mother, not just making them. (laughs) Thanks again, Catherine. And until next time, everybody. Take care. Leading to Tokyo 2021, this podcast will be focusing on the stories of elite athletes. If you or someone you know has overcome obstacles on your quest for world-class competition, and you'd like to be on our show, please find us at obstaclesandopportunities.com and reach out. Our podcast social media handles are at obsopspod, that is O-B-S-O-P-S-P-O-D. And our personal handles are at Julie Lowell Can, J-U-L-I-E-L-O-W-E-L-L-C-A-N. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.